Welcome to Dig Deep. I am so glad to be back at the podcast. It has been a while. My husband and I had our fourth baby in January, baby Joanna, and we have been loving becoming a family of six and adapting to that. And I will be honest, I thought I would be back at the podcast sooner than this, but I forgot how powerful sleep deprivation is. And because our third child was born exactly five years ago, this is airing on her fifth birthday, it's been five years since I've done the newborn thing, and I think I suppressed all the memories about how intense the sleep deprivation part of it is. And I am so grateful for our little one, and it is all totally worth it, but the sleep deprivation The struggle is real. The struggle is real. I mean, I was posting a picture of her when she was one week old. I decided this time around, I really wanted to do the, you know, the monthly updates of this is her growing throughout her first year. And my very first one was going to be when she was one week old. And then we were going to do months after that. And I took a picture of her. It was super cute. I was going to edit it and just put the words one week on it. And when I typed in the words one week, I kid you not, I stared at the word week for way too long. I had spelled it W-E-E-K, but I was convinced that was not the correct spelling of one week, seven days in a week. And I am a little embarrassed to say that eventually I could not get over it. And so I Googled the phrase, there are seven days in one week and confirmed, yes, I have spelled the word week correctly. That is what sleep deprivation can do to a person. And I totally understand and am reminded of why they use it as a torture technique in certain parts of the world. It is powerful stuff. And so we are super grateful. We are adapting to becoming a family of six. We're loving it. And now we are starting to emerge from the sleep deprivation days and things are getting a little bit better, a little bit easier. We're still pretty exhausted, but we are are loving it and we are so, so grateful. And I'm glad to be back. And today, as I've come back, I wanted to just share a little bit about how Joanna came to enter our family. And I wanted to share with you about her name because her name has some really important meaning in our lives. So just to give you a quick summary of her birth story, don't worry, I'm not going to go into any crazy details. She was born on a Friday night. I was not feeling great. I wasn't in labor, wasn't really having contractions, but I asked my husband if he would make dinner. And so of course he made tacos, which if he had his way, we would eat tacos every single night of the week. And he made taco night. And at 7.30, I was eating a taco. And at 9.57, we were holding baby Joanna in our arms. And so thankfully we did get to the hospital and delivered her there, which we were thankful for. And um, she definitely came fast and furious. She was a whopping nine pounds, eight ounces. My deliveries keep getting faster and faster and my babies keep getting bigger and bigger. So that's all very crazy and exciting. But we are thrilled to welcome her to our little clan, our little tribe. We just absolutely adore her. She is super, super cute. And we have named her Joanna Grace Alston. And I want to tell you a little bit about how we came to name her that. And I know that that's kind of random, but it was a real spiritual experience for me landing on what her name was going to be. We named her Joanna Grace First of all, after several amazing women in our lives, I have two sisters. My one sister is named Joanna, and my other sister is named Jillian, and her middle name is Grace. 
Ben, my husband, has one sister whose name actually is also Jessica, and her middle name is Joanna, spelled the same way, but pronounced Joanna, and she is named after Ben's grandmother, Joanna. So we have a lot of Joanna, Joannas in our lives already. And her name came to us kind of in an odd way. When we were about 20 weeks pregnant, we went in for the standard 20-week ultrasound, and we expected everything to be wonderful and perfect as you do. And we have been very blessed to have three other healthy pregnancies um, with very few complications. And so we've sort of taken that for granted. And at the end of this ultrasound, we were receiving the gender in the envelope. And then the doctor came in and wanted to talk with us about a few things that they had seen. And it didn't feel like a few things. It felt like a long list of things. And they said that each thing that they saw on its own, um, they see in normal pregnancies all the time and they go away before delivery. But there are also times where they don't. And sometimes having so many of these things um, can mean something bigger is going on that they can't see for sure. And so we were of course, completely knocked off kilter by that news and we're spinning a little bit. We did a lot of talking with God and with each other and I shed a lot of tears in that week or two that followed before we were going to have our next ultrasound and then, of course, go in very regularly after that for follow-ups. And it was during that time that we had decided not to open the gender envelope. We never have found out the gender of our kids. Actually, our first three were all surprises. And we thought we would do the same thing this time around, but we decided to go ahead and have them put the gender in the envelope. And we had it in the house, but we didn't open it. And it was during that two-week period that I was constantly praying to God about these issues that had come up on the ultrasound. I wanted to know, is everything going to be okay? Because God, if, if everything's not going to be okay, or if, if we're going to be dealing with some of these issues long term, or if they're just pieces of something bigger that's going to be a lifelong challenge for us, I, I'd love to know. I feel like I need to prepare. And we had conversations about that daily, sometimes hourly. And God was silent, as he sometimes is in situations like that. And there was one day that I was walking out of the grocery store, actually, and I brought it up with God again, just in the quiet of my heart. I said, God, I just wish you'd give me some sort of sign. I wish you would tell me that everything is going to be okay or that I need to prepare myself for something big that's ahead. And I know that this is weird and maybe not normal for you. I know it's certainly not very normal for me, but I felt a real sense in the, in the quietness of my heart that God said, no, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question. But I will tell you that your baby is a girl and her name is Joanna Grace. And I chuckled out loud a little bit. I had tears in my eyes, but I was laughing. I thought that's so random. That's so weird. And I know that God's done stuff like that in the Bible before, but I just thought it seemed kind of strange. So I came home. I told my husband, of course. But of course, neither of us really thought it was very likely because I actually was carrying this pregnancy most like my pregnancy with my son. It was not very similar to my pregnancy with my daughters. And so I was pretty convinced that I was having a boy. Well, we decided 
not to open the envelope, but to focus on the ultrasounds and some tests that we had to have done. And we were so thankful that over the course of the next few weeks, we got one more piece of good news after one more piece of good news after another piece of good news. And on the ultrasound, slowly, the issues that they had seen started to go away. And so we decided that we needed a break. We needed to get away. My parents gave us a date night out to breathe and to just celebrate the good news that we were enjoying at that moment. And we went to dinner and I said, you know, let's just take the envelope with us. We'll just take it with us. I mean, we probably won't open it, but it would just be nice to have it in case we decide we want to open it. And I realize now that that sounds totally ridiculous and we were setting ourselves up for, of course, opening it. How could we resist? And sure enough, as we were having dessert, we said, we got to open it. We got to open this thing. And when we opened it, we were surprised but kind of amazed to see in the ultrasound picture, yes, this was another girl who was going to be entering our family. And so we brought up the name thing again. And I said, is this for real? Are we really going to name her this? Well, what sealed the deal for us was looking up the meaning of Joanna, because I couldn't remember what the name Joanna meant. And Joanna means grace. And so at first I thought, oh, well, that that doesn't make sense. That would be kind of weird, because her name would essentially mean grace, grace. And names are important to us. Meanings are really important to us, especially to my husband. But shortly after realizing that, it hit us both that in scripture, there's a phrase that John uses to describe Jesus. And it's in John chapter one, verse 16. And here's how he describes Jesus. He says, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And that phrase is unique in scripture, grace upon grace. It can be translated grace on top of grace, grace in addition to grace. And I love what C.H. Spurgeon says about it in his sermon, The Fullness of Christ Received. He says, there is a fullness of blessings unspeakable, unknown, a fullness of grace to pardon, of grace to regenerate, of grace to sanctify, of grace to preserve, and of grace to perfect. There is a fullness at all times, a fullness by day and a fullness by night, a fullness of comfort in affliction, a fullness of guidance in prosperity, a fullness of every divine attribute, of wisdom, of power, of love, a fullness which it were impossible to survey, much less explore. Out of his fullness, we've received grace upon grace. Jesus is enough. He is full And out of his fullness is all that we need, all the grace we need. The problem is, I often feel the opposite in my life. I don't feel fullness. I feel emptiness. I feel brokenness in my life and in my relationships, in this world that we live in. Brokenness is everywhere. And around the same time that we were finding out her gender, there were still a lot of unknowns. And I had fear and anxiety swirling around in my heart and my mind. And we are grateful for all the good news that we got. And we're grateful that our little girl is here and she is healthy. But tomorrow is still unknown. I still fight with anxiety about what the future will hold for me, for my children. 
There is so much unknown because this world is broken. I feel the opposite of fullness in my relationships. I feel like there's always something that is struggling or breaking down or crumbling in my relationships. Either I feel guilt over something stupid that I said or did that damaged a relationship, or I'm battling anger and bitterness over something that someone did to me or said to me that stings. The wound just reminds me of how broken it all is. And I'm so aware of the brokenness in this world. There's real pain, real suffering. Watching my young, amazing, healthy grandmother battle cancer a couple years ago and then to be deemed totally cancer-free 18 months ago. We celebrated. We lived life enjoying the gift of cancer freedom for her. And so a few months ago to find out that the cancer was back with a vengeance and she has to start the fight all over again, makes me feel sick to my stomach, the brokenness of this world that we live in. And I'm so aware of that brokenness in my own life. I have a picture in my mind of the person that I want to be, of the mom that I want to be, of the wife that I want to be, of the friend that I want to be. And I always fall short. I always fall short. I wake up in the morning with the best of intentions and then I make stupid mistakes and I do something selfish and it hurts the people around me and I feel broken. And one of the key words in this verse is fullness. Out of his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And so even as I step back and look at the world around me and think it is so broken. Everything feels broken. He is all that we need. One of our favorite songwriters, my husband and I, his name is David Wilcox, and we just love his music. And he has one song that I really enjoy that's called Break in the Cup. You can look it up later and listen to it. It's so good. And in the song, he paints the picture of a couple who is in love with each other and they do everything they can to show love to that person. But he says throughout the verses, they try to love each other, but they each have a broken cup. The cup inside of them that holds love is broken. And so it's never enough. And they try and try and it's never enough because he said, there's a break in the cup that holds love inside of me. There's a break in the cup that holds love inside of you. And then in the final words of the song, he says, we cannot trade empty for empty. We must go to the waterfall. There's a break in the cup that holds love inside us all. And that song makes me think, of my kids and how about a year ago in the summertime, my son had this great idea for an afternoon activity. One of their favorite toys is called Marble Works. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's a bunch of interlocking pieces, plastic pieces that are tubes and zigzags and loop-de-loops. And you connect them all together to make a huge marble run. And you can watch your marbles go through it. And my son suggested, why don't we take it outside and assemble a huge marble run, but put water in it instead? 
And I thought, this is a great idea. They can do some water play outside. It's all plastic. They're not going to hurt anything. And so they started putting it together. Well, I went upstairs. We live in a townhouse and I was on the middle level doing something in the kitchen. And at first I didn't notice what my son was doing. But after a while, I realized that he was coming up and down the stairs time after time after time after time. And when I paid attention to what he's doing, I saw that he was holding this tiny little cup. I mean, a little bit bigger than a Dixie cup. And he was taking it all the way to the bathroom on our middle floor, filling it up with water and running all the way back downstairs to go all the way outside and dump this pathetic little amount of water, half of which had splashed out all over the stairs and all over my house on his way down to dump it into the thing. And it just wasn't very satisfying. And I finally said to him, bud, what are you doing? There's a hose outside. Take this bucket and fill it up, and then you can dump cup after cup after cup, and there will be way more fun. And my son looked at me as though I was a certified genius. And I love those moments where just the most simple, practical idea strikes them as the best idea that anyone's ever had in the history of the world. And so he excitedly took the bucket and went outside and filled it up, and they had a ball with their toy that afternoon. And sometimes I wonder if that's what we look like to God. We have these areas of our lives that are broken. They're empty. There's a void there. There's a a brokenness in that relationship, or there's a a gap, a void that we feel in our own lives. We we have this standard. We have this image of who we want to be, and we fall short again and again and again. And in our efforts to fill it, we take a stupid little Dixie cup, probably one with a hole in the bottom of it, And we climb up and down flights of stairs. We do everything we can think of. We try to muster up some motivation like, well, this is what a good Christian would do. And so I'm just going to try my best. I'm just going to buckle down and make it work. Or we try to access some chamber of love in our hearts to bring to that broken relationship. We try to extend the olive branch just a little bit to try to make things better. But it turns on us or it falls apart or it's never enough and it just breaks and breaks and breaks down. And God is saying to us in this verse, in John chapter 1 verse 16, that out of Christ's fullness, grace upon grace is available to us. Our most basic need is grace. Grace heals things that are broken. Grace redeems things that are lost. Grace is what we need in our lives, and Jesus has an abundance of it for us. In his commentary on that verse in John, F.F. Bruce says that the followers of Christ draw from the ocean of divine fullness, grace upon grace, one wave of grace being constantly replaced by a fresh one. There is no limit to the supply of grace which God has placed at his people's disposal in Christ. I love that picture, waves upon waves of grace. But you have to take your sad little broken cup to the shore. You have to stand there and let those waves crash over you again and again and again. And this is what I'm learning in my life right now because what this looks like, I think is surprisingly simple. 
It's feeling that brokenness in that situation, in your expectations and your disappointment with yourself in that broken relationship and taking yourself to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need your grace. So when you're about to enter that difficult conversation with that person that I know you have a person in your life that's like this, it's just, ugh, they are just so frustrating. Why are they being so difficult? And you say, Jesus, I need your grace. God, fill me with your grace to give to that person because I don't have any. I need your grace to flow through me. Or you're experiencing what I've experienced even in the last three months of not being able to sleep because I'm so tangled up in anxiety about the bad news that I just received or the fear of the bad news that must be just around the corner. And I have to literally whisper into the darkness, Jesus, I need your grace. What I'm learning in this season of life again and again in my relationships and in my relationship with God and in my relationship, and that might be weird to say it that way, my relationship with this broken world, I'm learning that there is always more grace available to us. Even when I feel like I've run out again and again, all I have to do is ask, Jesus, I need your grace. So what is the thing in your life where you just can't seem to ever get ahead? That relationship that's stuck in the cycle of dysfunction, that habit that is holding you back, that mistake that you've made that tries again and again to creep up and define you and bring you shame and lead you right back down the same path again and again, there's grace available There is grace available. And I am so grateful for this chubby little baby to remind me of that truth, that grace upon grace is made available to us through our Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful that God brought her name to us the way that he did because this lesson has, I think, been the defining lesson of this last year of my life. And so when I knew it was time to return to the podcast, I couldn't think of a better way to kick things off than um, by sharing that with you. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope that whatever situation it is that you're facing, where you're feeling that brokenness, you're feeling that emptiness, that you will take your little broken cup to the ocean and stand on the shore And let those waves of grace crash over you, wave after wave. Grace to pardon, grace to regenerate, grace to sanctify, grace to preserve, grace to perfect. Grace upon grace is available out of the fullness of Jesus. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you'll come back and join us next week as we kick off a brand new series on trust. I am really excited about this series. This content that I'll be sharing has been really helpful to me in my life and in my relationships, and I believe it will be for you too. So if you have a relationship in your life where you have experienced broken trust or you're trying to build trust or you're trying to rebuild trust, 
please tune in and check out this series. I think it's going to be really, really helpful. And it's not just going to help us with trust in our human relationships with each other, but also in our relationship with God, learning to trust him more and more. So I think it's going to be really practical and really, really helpful. So I hope you'll come back and join me next week as we kick off that brand new series. Thanks for being here. And until next time, remember to dig deep. 